On today's episode, we're talking with Zach McCrite about the drama of sports. All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the Sports Gal Pal herself, Ramona Rice. Hey, Gal Pal Nation. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help you understand why he's screaming at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at SportsGalPal, and you can also check me out on SportsGalPal.com. So we're going to keep this week's What I Learned really short because our interview is extra long, but I know you're going to love it. So I really wanted to take this moment of What I Learned this week and say thank you, GalPal Nation. You guys rock. So we had some pretty exciting things happen. The first being we were featured on the front page of blogtalkradio.com. Um, our Corey Finneran episode talking about baseball and Cubs was featured on the front page. Yay! So that was awesome. And then after that happened, we made it to new and noteworthy in the sports category on iTunes. So you can now see, if you're listening to this episode as it premieres, um, we were next to Ric Flair. We were next to Shaquille O'Neal. It's exciting. It's flattering. And I am just blushing like a schoolgirl um, meeting her favorite athlete for the first time because really, um, I couldn't do this without all of you gals and pals out there. I wanted to give a special shout out to some of my peeps that are reviewing the um, podcast on iTunes, and I'm going to read one. Jelly Jumps writes, I'm not even into sports, but I really enjoy this podcast. I love the interviews and the real-life conversations that happen. I just want to hang out at a sports bar with Ramona. Well, thanks, Jelly Jumps, and anytime you're in my hometown of Hampton Roads, you can absolutely come by, and we will hang out at a sports bar and talk sports and life and whatever else comes up. So, if you want, I can read your review on the air too. You just got to leave one. So go to iTunes and leave a review. It really helps other people find the podcast. So let's get right to our interview this week. Um, you guys are going to love Zach McCright. He is a radio host. He also has his own podcast about sports radio. And he really helps us dive into what is, he calls it the soap opera of sports. I enjoy talking to him so much that I couldn't figure out a place to really trim the interview. So it's a little bit longer, but I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed meeting Zach McCrite. Zach McCrite is my guest today. He is the host of the Zach McCrite Show on 107.7, the franchise in Oklahoma. He is also the host of the podcast About Sports Radio, which you can check out on aboutsportsradio.com. And it's a podcast that I have been religiously listening to as I am a new into this radio space. So, Zach, welcome to the Sports Gal Pal. Oh, thank you for having me, and the check is in the mail for all the nice things. <laughs> That's right, or at least tickets if I go to, like, Oklahoma City, you know, ever <laughs> you visit. got it. Deal, deal. Yeah, I think, do you have access to Kevin Durant on a regular basis? <laughs> uh, very, very rarely. Very rarely. It has happened a couple times, but very rarely. Uh, and, uh, anymore uh, these days, we're we're interested in in Billy Donovan at the moment. That's that's been the uh, that's been the topic du jour around here. Oh, I bet. Yeah, and you know, it's always interesting to me when college coaches try the pro circuit because it either works really, really great, like Jimmy Johnson in football. Or you're not sure what you're going to get, like Chip Kelly and the Eagles right now. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works. It's a huge question mark, and uh, we we have 
we have bounced that topic around uh, every single which way. I mean, you can look at Brad Stevens, who you know, who went from you know Butler to the Celtics, and all of a sudden the Celtics are in the playoffs, even though it's a really ca- crappy Eastern Conference and in the NBA. I mean, yeah, and and you know, guys like Chip Kelly, who that's that's still a huge. It's a big question mark, even though you know he's he's had a couple of double-digit win years, and we're still kind of going. Eh, we're still not sure. We're still not sure what you're up to over there, Chip. But uh, so yeah, it is. It's a uh, huge phenomenon, and it's probably going to get us through the summer here. Truth be told, that's terrific. So I always ask my guests. So how did you get into sports? That is an interesting question. I knew that question was coming, and to be completely honest, I. Um, I, I, I narrowed it all the way down to uh, being five years old. <laughs> it's one of my first uh, sports memories that I have as a child, and I played on a YMCA team. And I just remember, um, I, I don't even know if I, I guess I played, I must have played a little bit of basketball before that when I was, you know, like, you know, in diapers and in the house with the little, with the little tyke toys and stuff like that. But, um, but I can just remember being on a basketball court and, and thinking, um, okay, well, I guess I'm not the worst player on the team. And when I wasn't the worst player on the team, I was very much addicted to basketball. And then so that that um, obviously, uh, you know, expanded over time. I'm now addicted to football just as much. Uh, I, 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 love, uh, I love baseball. I love hockey. I mean, I, I think it all it spawned from – uh, a combination of not being the worst player on the floor in a basketball court, uh, you know, at five years old, and probably combining that with uh, video games, the early, you know, the early advent of uh, video games and, and playing sports on them and enjoying that, because that actually got me wanting to do, uh, you know, play-by-play and stuff like that, which is, you know, how I kind of got into radio, and so sports went from something I loved to something I wanted to make a career out of to something I just enjoy completely. Yeah, I I find, you know, as I've been talking to people about kind of their journey into fandom, as I call it, so many people, the entry point is actually playing the sports that they do. And I think that's one of the things for women, you know, younger women, the research has shown that if they're under the age of 50, they're more likely to follow sports because they were impacted more so with Title IX, which gave them more opportunities to play sports in school and college. And then, you know, older women, it's still kind of they're like, huh? Um, so I, I think it's interesting. And it, it still surprises me that, you know, football is the number one sport women follow. Um, obviously, for many reasons, it's the most popular sport in the country. And yet there aren't a lot of avenues still for women to play. So I always find it interesting when I hear these stories because I was not an athlete. So um, I have that back interesting. I've always – I haven't really thought about that, but I would – I'd be very interested into why uh, – why don't you think? I think that would be a question for me as to why uh, there aren't avenues for women to play football, even though there is, every, you know, for every other sport. Why is that? Well, they're starting. Uh, you know, I think, honestly, uh, it's just now growing in popularity. Utah, actually, it's funny, in an, in an upcoming podcast, I'm actually going to have one of the directors of USA Football come on and talk about this Utah Girls Tackle League, um, which just came about. Um, there's this great running back. Her name is Sam, and she's 12. And, you know, she was one of the best players on the the you know pop Warner leagues. And the problem is, is that as, you know, the, the athletes get older, 
just size proportion, women, you know, in certain positions, it's just not safe. It, it, and they're undersized to the point where it's just, I don't think, safe. And I just think that it's it was easier to have girls do basketball and soccer and softball and and even, you know, hockey's growing and football's growing. So I think that the I think the NFL particularly is looking going, we at least need women to play or understand it more to grow their base. I mean, because it's the fastest growing fan base for the NFL is women. And actually, if women were not watching, they would have flat ratings um, for the past two years. So females are incredibly important um, for the NFL overall. You know, I'll be interested to see how the NFL that would be the angle that I would think I would take on the air with it, because you know, I obviously it, you, you, when you know as a man you get you you get put in situations on air where you don't know the the side that you are discussing. Uh, I don't know about women in football. I don't know. I am a white male. I don't know about uh, blacks and 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 their. Uh, uh, you know, entrance into sports and how tough it is on them, uh, you know, with derogatory slurs and, and, and things of that nature. So when we get into those social topics, sometimes it's tough for uh, me to act like I know what I'm talking about. But what I will be interested in, I will tell you, is the NFL if they were, you mentioned how the NFL, you know, maybe maybe they start to grab interest in something like this from a from from a female tackle football standpoint. I would be interested in seeing if the NFL is going to promote younger leagues, whether they be male or female, ever again, truth be told, other than maybe your uh, non-tackle leagues, uh, flag football, et cetera, et cetera, just because of all of the black eyes that they have had to take over the last you know, five years. Uh, when it comes to concussions and head trauma, so now what are you going to do? Are you going to will will you let that take a back seat in order to go ahead and promote women's leagues? Will you let that take a back seat in order to permit uh, promote something other than uh, uh, youth pump pass, uh, you know, uh, uh, pump pass and kick contests? Um, you know, anything. You know, will, will the NFL get back to promoting? Uh, football at younger levels other than just play 60. I'll be interested to see how that happens in the next five five years or so. They're going to need to, though. That's the problem, is that if they don't do this, their talent pool is going to shrink. Kind of yeah. put themselves in a hole. How much do you want it? See, and that's why I think they found this little niche where they're like, okay, well, we'll promote it, but we'll promote it in the very, you know, in, in this way. We'll promote play 60, and, and we won't talk about, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, how little contact they have there, and then we'll do our, uh, uh, our, our pump pass and kick, and we'll do it that because that's non contact. And, and so they're, they're able to promote it without really promoting the tackle portion, you know what I mean? Like the, the yeah. like without really promoting the contact portion of the sport. So they, they really have to walk a fine line and might have to for a really long time. Uh, unless, you know, the, the, the topic dies down, the topic of head trauma starts to die down for whatever reason. But I don't know if I see that happening either. So it's just, it, it's just wild. I'll be interested to see how, how well they promote it, how deeply they promote um, leagues of any kind, whether they be male, female, youth, whatever, um, down the road. Yeah, and again, the target audience that they need to reach to get children involved are moms. 
because you know i'm yeah because i'm a mother of two and really uh, my husband he's great he may be the head of the household but i am a neck and i can turn that head any way i need to um so and they have to and they're working with like chris golick mike golick's wife from espn um she's working with nfl to promote you know safe safe play and how to certify coaches on good tackling and and things like that and i think they're working on it but i think forever they're going to have to walk a really fine line about you know how much do you promote this because they need to have good talent you know here in this country to promote the start because it's not like our football is played anywhere else so it's not like the nba where they can just grab someone from europe you can't do that good old roger goodell <laughs> i know he has he does have his london experiment as the jaguars are you know yeah that's team. right he's He's got he, he's got his he's got his toes dipped in, uh, everywhere just a little bit, but uh, you know sometimes I wonder if he's going to get his whole feet in sometimes. But no, he's it's it's going to be a lot. There's a lot of fine lines with football. It's it's, it's part of what makes it fascinating to me. Oh, yeah, it's great. And that's why I think also, too, it's appealing to women because it's a soap opera. You know, right now you don't really get – you're not getting a lot of this kind of drama from the NBA or um, – well, we got a little bit last year when, when Donald Sterling decided to be himself. Um, so we got a little bit of it, but nothing like the constant roller coaster of what, what else is going to happen in the NFL is the best soap opera on TV. You know, I always use the soap opera analogy when it comes to men because I think men are no different. Um, we we all we all talk about how oh those women they love their soap operas and I always say on radio on my show I'm like we are no different we we like our soap operas too we just like ours wrapped up in sports you know and and, and it's it's totally true like we we will talk about um, you know the drama that is uh, let's see uh, uh, Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau not getting along with. With the uh, with the front office of the Chicago Bulls and how it led to his firing, and you know what that that might as well be a script in Young and the Restless. We just like ours, um, you know, wrapped in sports because it makes us feel more manly and more masculine. And it's, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Now there's a there's a there's a there's a twinge of reality to it as opposed to a scripted show. But um, you know, it's it's why we like reality TV. It's why we like soap operas. Guys like them too. It's all the same thing. We like our drama. We don't we don't just like what happens on the court or on the field. We like the drama behind the scenes just as much as women do when they watch whatever drama they like. I mean, it's all the same. I think it's all. I think we all love our soap operas in our in, in our different little ways. Yeah, it's why professional wrestling is so popular. It's oh yes, of course. Opera. How could I yeah. forget professional wrestling? Of course. It's the best soap opera on TV. I don't watch it anymore. My husband, when we first got together, he was really into wrestling. So I, I know enough about it to go, okay, great. Or UFC, there's so much drama with, with that sport. I mean, just all of them. Oh. You know, people were talking more about Floyd Mayweather and his, you know, and Manny Pacquiao as, as more of like these rivals. And <laughs> going, the fight wasn't even that good. Oh yeah, like that. See that? That's another great example. All we did was talk about the drama between Team Pacquiao and Team Mayweather, and will they ever meet? And I don't know if they'll ever meet. What do you think? Well, the drama here, and Mayweather's tweeting this, and Pacquiao saying this, and Pacquiao won't do it unless Mayweather agrees to a drug test. Mayweather won't do it unless Pacquiao agrees to a drug test. It's just all drama. It's all drama. It's all gossip. We all love it. It it, it is uh, it is in, as far as I'm concerned, that sort of drama is non-specific as it as it pertains to gender. We all just like drama. 
So then why do you think still, I mean, yes, we've talked about how, you know, younger women are following more sports, but it's still, particularly for sports radio, your audience is definitely male. You would agree, yes? Yes, yes. Then why aren't more women participating in sports radio? Um, my theory on that would be this. Um, and I, and my guess is, with a lot of your questions, this might and I and and this it's might kind of answer a lot of them, or at least half answer a lot of them. Um, the male, uh, let, me, let me start over. The sports radio uh, demographic that a lot of radio companies will aim to hit are men 25 to 54. In other words, um, for me, and I know a lot of other sports radio hosts around the country, uh, there are bonus structures in place for the hosts if they hit the top three, top five, top ten, top one, whatever the case may be, in just in that demographic, men 25 to 54. There are no other demographics that they have to hit. And salespeople at those specific radio stations or radio networks will sell to advertisers based on that same demographic, just that demographic, men 25 to 54. So, and, and they'll go for comp- – and companies know that going in. Companies know that going in. They're like, well, we, we definitely want to tailor our, uh, our, advertising, our, our advertising campaign to men 25 to 54. So it ends up being a perfect match. So then – Program directors, if you're still with me, program directors will, um, they're going to look for someone who can relate to the men 25 to 54 demographic. And the way program directors think to do it is I'm going to go ahead and grab a guy who is a man between the ages of 25 to 54, and I'm going to have that guy make, uh, make my demographic start listening because that's the basically it's the path of least resistance. Get a male between the ages of 25 to 54 to grab the attention of males ages 25 to 54. So I, I think that's part of the reason that that is the case. Um, uh, you, you, so the, the other, I think the, I don't think anything else uh, really keeps women from that, um, other than the. Um, uh, I don't want to call it short-sightedness because it might be smart. I don't know if it is or not um, to to grab a, a male between the ages of 25 and 54 to reach that same demographic and make money off of that same demographic. Yeah, I, I completely understand. And for me, you know, I've got my local guy that I listen to, and, and his show is fantastic because it's my buddy talking about sports. And I think that for women, they don't. I still don't think they understand, at least the ones that don't follow sports regularly, is that sports is a really communal thing, and it's fun to hang out with your guys watching sports and then trash-talking, particularly if like, you're playing against your buddy's team. That's that's part of the camaraderie. And sports radio, I think, is an extension of that. It just happens to be piped through in the car or, you know, if you're listening to it, streaming on, online. So I think women don't understand that. And I also don't think women we discuss things, but we discuss them differently. Like maybe not so much on the radio. It's a weird thing because it's a monologue. And, and I know I talk back to the, to the radio station, you know, the host all the time, particularly when he's wrong. Um, you know, I'll talk back, but I'm not talking directly to him. So it's an interesting thing, but it's definitely, but radio in general is, is I think a guy world. Well, there is a part of me, I will say, and, and I, I don't know if, uh, if, uh, you know, radio hot shots that you know that that 
want to hire me in the future if they ever want to hire me in the future. I don't know if they'll like me saying this. This might be a turnoff to them. But there is a piece of me that um, that does try to, uh, uh, I guess, reel in the female demographic. Um, you know, because my, my – uh, it, it's, it's kind of like Shark Tank. If you, you ever watch the show Shark Tank? Of course. Um, where – you know, you always there's always the guy in the middle, Kevin, Kevin O'Leary. He's always the guy in the middle, and he's like, um, I don't like this product because you are selling to only one gender. This is only this is male specific. This is female specific. You have already cut my sales in half because of that. And I always thought, what well, he is right. How 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 am I? Why am I not doing something that is non-gender specific? Um, I could make more money if I become non-gender specific. Now, it's tougher in sports radio to do that, but it's always in the back of my head that now instead of thinking that the guy I'm talking to is a 33-year-old guy who makes about $75,000 a year and maybe has a couple of kids and a 9-to-5 job, a sales job where he's in and out of the car, I'm now thinking that it's the same guy but he's also got his working wife in the car with him, and they're going to lunch. And I try to tailor my conversation, make it more socially, um, uh, make it more of a social conversation than X's and O's conversation, and make more of my analogies, um, because I'm a big analogy guy. I make just kind of like I gave you the Shark Tank analogy, make more of my analogies uh, more uh, understandable and more relatable to not just the guy but also the girl because who knows that might land a uh, a sponsorship for my radio station from a company who has got a female president who all of a sudden listened to me in the car one day while she was with her husband uh, and they were and they were going to lunch one day and now all of a sudden there's more money for the station which means I get to keep my job and maybe even get a raise and and and, and it, it could only help right at least I think it will some people say. It might hurt if I do that. You're going to hurt your male demographic because they don't want to hear stuff like that. And maybe that's true. I don't know. All I know is my gut tells me to try to be um, to try to uh, tell stories on the air that males would enjoy, but females would also listen to. Yeah, I don't think that's stupid at all. I think that's the way it's going. I mean, again, you look at the numbers. You know, again, female involvement in sports is growing. And it has to. In order for sports to survive, you need women involved. And even in something as simple as, you know, I tell men, you know, when, when we talk about this, and they're like, oh, you're the coolest wife ever. Your husband's so lucky because you're really into it. I'm like, yeah, there are things I'm sure he can complain about. So, and there are certain sports that, like, I don't watch UFC. It doesn't interest me. But I know it's important for him to be able to go with his guys and go watch it. And I think women, you know, if you have a show like this where at least they can listen to it together, it's not as I'm a sports widow, I've been abandoned. I at least know what he's talking about. We could talk about it a little bit. So I think I think you're being really smart because they may not be your avid fans and go up to you at the sports bar when you're doing locations, you know, but at the same time, it's nice that they listen. And, and um, you know, I'll give you another example. We actually talked about it on our show today, and I know you're, I know this is not going to air for a couple of weeks, but we're taping this on May 28th, and it's the day after uh, Golden State won the Western Conference of the NBA playoffs and is heading to the NBA Finals to take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. And for the second time in this series this uh, between Golden State and, and Houston, uh, after the game, Steph Curry has brought his daughter up to the podium yeah. with him. 
And, and all the writers uh, are complaining about it. Uh, right. And so and yeah. so now, to me, that is a perfect time. Now I can hit everyone. If I can hit everyone, um, not just males 25 to 54, I know they'll be interested in it, too. But but I know also that people outside the demographic can also be interested in this. And if they're not interested, if they didn't see it or weren't paying attention last night because they don't like the NBA or they weren't watching or whatever, I can give you the quick background and then you can immediately snap the finger and be interested in it. I think I've got every demographic. And so if I think I can get every demographic on one topic, I'm going after that topic. And so today, um, one of our main topics in Oklahoma City, a local show that really has no local tie to the NBA Finals, we talked just as much about Steph Curry and his daughter at the podium than we did uh, the game itself. Yeah, and I think, again, it's, it's a universal story because I think everybody can empathize the fact that sometimes you got to bring your kids to work, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's basically what he did. Yeah, are you a parent? If you are, you'll be interested. Now I've got 90% of probably my listening audience are interested in this story because 90% are probably parents. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, and, and you can have strong opinions. I, I have no opinion. I think he should be allowed to bring his daughter. I don't see what the big deal is. <laughs> I, I'm fine with it so long as he can get the job done. My whole thing was he can't focus. Like he he is having a tough time focusing with his with his daughter. This is taking far too long. But um, but hey, look, I'm not going to say a kid can't be up there. I just, you know especially now that we're 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 newspapers are dying, right? And I think the yeah. the people that were that are quote unquote on deadline, those guys are dwindling now. If those guys have a problem because this took a little bit longer than expected because they're on deadline, I'll let those people gripe. But for everyone else, you know, I I, I think it could go faster if he doesn't have his daughter up there. But in the grand scheme of things, what are we complaining about, right? Yeah, really. And he's the MV- MVP this year. Let him go. Just let him, if he wants to have his kid with him. He gets, you know. the, he gets the MVP pass, right? Yeah, exactly. I think you should get some perks with that award. And I think one of those things is if you have a cute, tiny human, and his tiny human is super, super cute, let her go off. She's adorable. So it's no different than Drew Brees holding his son after the Super Bowl. Oh, you yeah. Know, no no, compl- you're, you're right. But, well, the media people will tell you, though, well, that happened that happened on the field this was his time to talk to us so you know it'll just it'll go on forever and ever you will you'll never win with those damn media people the media people sound whiny and they need a nap i think they're just tired (laughs) because the playoffs run long so yes (laughs) that's right they're all cranky we're all cranky i guess i I guess i have to include myself in that we're all cranky does that mean i have to include me now too huh no, I'm not cranky because I, I did not stay up to watch the game because I'm on the East Coast and I was tired and, you know, yeah, no. So what advice can you give to women who really want to learn more about sports? You know, I became a sports fan because I was going to be a sports widow. So I took my husband's favorite sport, football, and I learned as much as I could about it. And that's how I started. I, I did it as research, you know, using like really scientific methods of reading books by Howie Long. He wrote a book called Football for Dummies. And that, that's how I got into it. So what advice can you give women to, to help them learn more so they can at least know what their husbands are screaming about when they're watching Sunday um, wow. You know, football. Um, first off, I commend you. That is um, <laughs> that is crazy that you went from not, I guess, not being a sports fan at all, right? I mean, just not being well, a sports fan. 
No, I live in the Hampton Roads area, which is really famous for football. We've, we've got, like, Michael Vicks from our area, um, Bruce right. Smith, um, Cam Chancellor. Um, who else? Boy, I just listed Hokies. That makes you feel dirty. Um, <laughs> you know, um, um, Tomlin, from the coach of the Steelers, is from our area. Mike, so, Tomlin. Yeah, Mike Tomlin. Yeah, and he's fantastic. So he's not a Hokie. Yay, we'll feel better. Um, so, yeah, we've got, you know, it's a rich culture, and, and high school football is really big, but I wasn't like a religious, like, I need to watch it all the time like I am now, or I wasn't listening to, you know, ESPN all the time or, or sports radio. So, no, I, I got into that as I more got into needing, needing more content. Um, after I got into it. So, yeah. I think, um, well, look, as far as advice that I can give to women, uh, look, I'll have to speak personally on this, but I I don't care if if you know the X's and O's. I don't personally. Like, my wife, um, she doesn't know what a bubble screen is. You know, she has no idea. I mean, she I, she might know if, if what a Hail Mary is. That's probably the extent of her terminology base when it comes to football, and I could I could extend that to any other sport. Um, that to me, um, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. I, I'm I'm fine with it. So as far as learning about sports, um, it's the exact. I would I would say I would answer it the way that I have asked people in my business how I learn more about sports radio, and that is ask. And so what did I do? I started a podcast like you that, that you promoted to start this podcast. Um, I started my own podcast. I was tired of trying to connect with people behind the scenes um, and, and you know maybe share an email back and forth where you might get a return response and you didn't want to call them just out of the blue and cold call people you looked up to in your business because that was that might have been a little too creepy and I didn't want to do that so what did I do? I masked it I, I used a mask and my mask was a podcast and I just said hey you want to come on my podcast? and they're like oh yeah okay that's interesting yeah sure I'll come on your podcast and then I got to ask questions and I got to learn more from those people and so I guess my question or my answer to that as it pertains to what advice can I give women who want to learn more about sports, ask. I mean, you ha- just ask questions. And, um, you know, it, whether it be to your husband, whether it be to, um, you know, a, a brother or a, a male friend or a female friend, or, uh, you know, that anyone who knows sports more than you, that you, that you look up to in terms of their knowledge of sports, go to them, ask them. Uh, do the same thing that I would do in the exact same spot. Uh, that should be my advice for everything, right? Do the exact same thing I would do because I'm the smartest out there. No, but um, I think that would be my advice. Now, if you're telling me to extend that to um, what advice, because I thought this was the road you were taking to begin with. Like, what advice can I give to women who have husbands that love sports, but maybe they don't? Yeah. That would be, for me... Um, marriage is a give and take. You know that. I mean, marriage is an absolute give and take. And I think my wife has. Um, uh, she knew about me. You know, she she went. At, she married. She knew what she was going. Was she was getting when she got into this mess? She knew I, I was already in sports, and we've been dating for ten years now. Which and and at, right at about the time actually that I started sports talk uh, for a living. So she knew what she was getting into, and. Um, it's a give and take. I mean, hey, um, I 
I want to do things that make you happy. You want to do things that make me happy. Let's do them together. And so she will go. She's not the biggest fan of watching sports on television, but she loves going to the games. She loves the atmosphere. She loves the drama. She loves, I mean, all the things that guys like um, about sports, girls like them too. And, and, I, th- and I, would, I would flip what I said earlier. Guys love soap operas just like girls. We just like ours packaged in sports. Well, I think girls can like sports just as much as guys for the drama and all of the other things involved. They just like it packaged in a soap opera. And so I think we can learn from each other in that spot, and I think me and my wife have done a fairly good job of that. Um, the things she wants to watch, I'll get into. I'll absolutely get into them. Um, it's a give and take. And, and the things that I want to watch, she'll get into. She'll get into. So if you are agreeable to a good give and take situation, you might end up interested in the other side's um, point of view. Like I am totally into it. Now, she got me on Scandal. She got me oh, on. No. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're a gladiator? <laughs> Oh my! Oh yes, absolutely. I'm a gladiator. Um, I I love I love Scandal. Um, she told like she was like let's let's watch this. This is my show. Watch this with me. I'm like all right. Um, every day when she gets off work, uh, she wants to watch the rerun of Kelly and Michael, and I'm like yeah, do that. Yeah, let's 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 watch let's watch that. And after that, we'll cook dinner. You know, she has a regular nine to five. I you know I'm. I'm, you know, off the air after noon or so, but, you know, my work day starts later on that night. But it's, that's a, and sorry, you can edit half of this, I'm sure, and still get the point across. But this is, this is me, uh, we're, we're, it's a give and take. It's a total give and take. And if you can, if you can give up part of your time to, uh, you know, to sports for your husband's sake, A, your husband will love you forever. B, you might, you might end up liking sports too and it's the exact opposite for guys when it comes to uh uh girls and what they like and what you will support them and and uh and watching and spending time on we might end up liking it yeah or you could be like my husband who has to suffer through uva football (laughs) 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 that's his his insufferable thing that he does that he goes with you to do yeah yes and he has to deal with a very grumpy wife yeah that is it is Uh, it's going to be interesting um September 12th, Notre Dame comes, and that's always been his team. Like, we have a play like a champion sign in our man room, and then the Virginia banner's over it. So, this last couple of years, when we've beaten them in basketball, I've tapped on the sign and, like, hey, babe, bump, bump, you know, guess whose team, like, play like a champion today? Yeah, I'm not going to be able to do that on, on September 12th, unless it's a miracle. And it, uh, Notre Dame really isn't God's team, but we will see. So, you're going to yes. have a whole lot more of that now with, with the whole Notre Dame tie to the ACC here. So you're going to have a whole lot more of, of that uh, Notre Dame versus Virginia going on in the, uh, the house divided. Yeah, he's well, he's one of those Notre Dame people because he actually went to Old Dominion University and he went before oh. they had a football team. So he, um, you know, is only a football fan, which I could go into. I don't understand. People are like, yeah, I like Notre Dame for football. And then I like UNC for basketball. It's like, no, oh, you don't get to do those that. people make me crazy. That's just, it's wrong. Stop, pick, shoot. You can't do that. No, 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 no. Pick a school, stick with the school, good or bad. And that's, you know, and I survived with Virginia because we just won a national championship in tennis. I realize that's silly for most people, but you know what? It's still more championships than a lot of my rivals have. So I live by that. It's a banner. It, it, It is an NCAA trophy. 
And and we are um, the Alabama of men's tennis in, in college. We really are. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you a quick example on my end. I graduated from, uh, ironically enough, I graduated from Indiana, uh, where, where Notre Dame is also located. But I graduated yeah, from Hoosiers. IU. And, uh, yeah, Hoosiers. Um, yes. That's right. So I, um, I'm an IU fan through and through. Now I worked in Southern Indiana. I, I I'm originally from Southern Indiana, like right across the Ohio River from Louisville, Kentucky, and I that was my first market that I worked in, the Louisville, Kentucky market. Well, everyone, you know, there's a lot of diehard basketball fans, college basketball fans all around there in Kentucky and Indiana. But a lot of the Kentucky fans, the Kentucky fans were the interesting ones. The Kentucky fans loved their basketball team and for a long time hated their football team. And they just they, they were like, well, you know, I've kind of been a Notre Dame fan when it came to football. Like there was a lot of those Kentucky basketball and Notre Dame football guys. And I'm like, will you just stop? My IU football team has never been good, like almost ever. And I'm just I'm sticking with them. I got my basketball team. I got my football team. Can you not do the same? Seriously, like I mean, don't be that guy. Your your basketball team's great. You know, you can suffer through a football season. Get over yourself. You know, I used to always have that same problem with all my friends. Yeah. So the, so if you get nothing out of this podcast, lady gals and pals, pick a college. Stick with that college. Unless right. you have a, go, go to a small college like if Georgetown fans, you're allowed to pick another football team because they don't have one. And that's allowed. <laughs> that's right. That's it. That's the one exception we will give you. That's right. Yeah, that is that is the only thing. If your sport, if your school does not actually have that sport, but the minute they get that sport, you have to lose your ties to the other one. So ODU, <laughs> they have a good football team. It's better than Virginia's right now. James Aaron Rice, my husband, I love you. You got to drop that Notre Dame stuff. It has been decreed here on Sports Gal Pal. I'm gonna get so much I, 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 I will back you 100 percent on that. That's right. Excellent. All right, Zach, how can the Gal Pal Nation um, connect with you? Uh, I am a Twitter fiend. I'm a Twitteraholic. Uh, at Big Easy, B-I-G-E-Z, it's an old nickname that my high school friends used to give me. I'm sorry. Uh, at Big Easy, B-I-G-E-Z, it's five letters. So um, you can hit me up there, uh, and you can uh, follow the podcast. I think the other the other thing would be the podcast about sports radio, where we interview just people, other people in the sports radio industry. And, that and, is and let's – wait, wait. Right. I'm going to interrupt you, Prince, because you have some big names on that sports. It's not just, you know, local guys who are all good, um, but you just had the who I consider the king of talk radio, Colin Cowherd, was on there yes. um, of sports yes. radio. It was a lot of fun. Um, he is um, he is great. Uh, such a nice guy. Um, you know, we've only you know, before that we had only shake uh, shook hands a couple of times. Um, you know, not, nothing big, but um, but either either he knew who I was and felt obliged to do it for that reason, or he is just a really really nice guy. Um, either way. Uh, yeah, he he was great and talked a lot about where the sports radio industry will be in in five years and talked a lot about uh, uh, the actual the digital audio format, the the podcasting format, uh, streaming audio, et cetera, et cetera, and where that'll be. And you know, he, talking about how he he really directs a lot of his listening audience to go and grab the podcast because it's basically a 30-minute version of his three-hour radio show and he thinks podcast is the future so uh people like me and you i think we're in the i think i think we're we're on to something here at least according to kyle and cowherd we are and so yeah him um so far uh, for other sports radio nuts uh 
uh, Tony Bruno, uh, George Sedano, uh, John Kincaid. Oh, I am probably missing people that I shouldn't be missing, but they're they're all in there. AboutSportsRadio.com and on Twitter at AboutSR. Yeah, and I will have links to all of these on the show notes at sportsgalpal.com and also on my page at blogtalkradio.com slash sportsgalpal. Zach, thanks so much for spending the time today. I really appreciate it because, again, I'm a newer podcaster, and you could have just totally blown me off, and you didn't. <laughs> it is no problem, and you are far too advanced at this for somebody who is just starting out. So this is great, and I, you've got a listener in me. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. And again, gals and pals, you can get all of the um, information about Zach and his podcast and also his real-life radio show at sportsgalpal.com. Thanks again to Zach McCright for coming on to the show. He was absolutely fantastic, and I hope you guys had as much fun listening to it as we had recording it. So now for our question of the week, and it comes from a listener from Montana named Kyle, and he writes that he wants to know what my opinion is that Hope Solo is allowed to continue to play for USA Soccer in the World Cup, but she has a history of domestic violence, but players like Ray Rice and Greg Hardy of the NFL have been condemned by both the public, the press, and have been suspended or removed from the league. So my thoughts. Um, My thoughts are this, Kyle, that it is a double standard and Hope Solo should be taken out of the World Cup. I don't care how great she is. Violence is violence. And I'm actually really offended by, you know, U.S. Women's Soccer and National Soccer and the National Women's Soccer League because they had such an amazing opportunity with this whole situation to send a message to women and girls out there that violence in any kind of capacity is wrong. Um to summarize what has happened in the last couple of weeks, Hope Solo last summer was arrested after um, a 911 call from her nephew. Um, she was accused of hitting him over the head with a broomstick, and there was, of course, alcohol and maybe some drugs involved. And what happened was is that she was being prosecuted, but the her sister-in-law and nephew, who were the ones who had accused her of this, didn't really fully cooperate with prosecutors, so the judge got uh, her defense. Hope Solo's defense attorneys got the case dismissed. Um, I've got links to articles that summarize this and kind of the similar things to Greg Hardy and Ray Rice that the victims wouldn't cooperate. Um, Ray Rice was convicted. Greg Hardy's conviction was either overturned or was removed from the court. But um, after public scrutiny, after particularly after Ray Rice's case, uh, I'm sure all of us remember seeing him dragging his lifeless fiance out of an elevator um, on TV and throughout the internet that you know that's what made the pressure come forward with hope solo there is no video of that and greg hardy got caught because his whole case came out the same time as ray rice the same time as adrian peterson with the child abuse um issues so that that's a large reason why greg hardy got kind of swept into there so right now greg hardy is suspended for 10 games for the 2015 season even though the dallas cowboys spent close to what 10 million dollars on his deal it was it was some ridiculous amount of money i've got all the specific details on sportsgalpal.com but the bottom line is this is that i don't care who the athlete is i don't care what gender they are abuse should never be tolerated it should be eliminated from our society um violence 
is is just wrong and it, and it should be stopped. And just because it's a female based sport and it's one of your biggest stars, does not excuse her from being held accountable to the public and the media. So I'm encouraging people. You know, if you're really upset about this, like I am, write to you know women's soccer and tell them this is ridiculous. I just have a feeling because all eyes are on women's soccer right now that they're kind of letting it go. And because they're they're using the excuse, oh, the courts are still deciding. Well, we. While she's being investigated, you could take her out. It doesn't seem like it's... I, I, I just don't like it. So I wanted to give you guys some perspective about what women's soccer kind of dropped the ball on. Because had they taken the time to say, you know what, Hope, we're going to eliminate you or you know have you be suspended while this is going on, it could have reached so many young women to, to give them courage maybe to report men or people who are abusing them. So... You know, one in four women in the United States will be victims of severe violence by an intimate partner in their lifetimes. One in seven men will be victims of of severe violence by an intimate partner in their lifetimes in the United States. The number of U.S. women who were murdered by current or ex-male partners during the time of the Afghanistan and Iraq wars was was close to 12,000, nearly double the amount of soldiers who died during that war. And over 38 million women in the U.S. will experience physical intimate partner violence in their lifetimes. So it is an epidemic in our society. And, you know... Like I always say, sports is a kind of window into what's going on in the world. And we as responsible sports fans need to hold our role models accountable. And don't give me the the, the thing that, oh, you know, you shouldn't be looking up to sports stars. Children do. I mean, these are heroes. They, they, that's what they do. So Hope Solo should be removed. I don't care how good she is. I don't care how awesome she is. She's a mess. And she's a bad representative for women's sports out there. That's just my take. I'd love to hear what you guys think about Hope Solo. Do you think it's a double standard? Or do you think like me and Kyle are blowing out of proportion? If you've got a question about sports or how to handle the sports fan in your life, or you want to know more specific about more about an aspect of sports, let me know. Send an email to Ramona at sportsgalpal.com and it could be answered on the air. So I want to thank all y'all for joining me today. And again, thanks to Zach McCright for joining us. Remember, don't hate the game. Just try to understand why the sports fans in your life love it so much. If you love the Sports Gal Pal, make sure to subscribe and leave a review because it helps other people discover the podcast. And I could read that review on air. To keep up with all things Gal Pal Nation, make sure to follow me at Sports Gal Pal or you can like the Sports Gal Pal Facebook page. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com.